Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. long time since I preached in the morning. Yes, feels good. Who would agree with me that we are living in fairly interesting times? Fairly interesting times. For those of you who are, who read your word, you would know that um, things are hotting up. Things are changing pretty fast. We, I mean, every time I look at the news, I just go, whoa. It's like, you, you know, you pinch yourself. You go, like, we've read this stuff for years. We've talked about it for years. Is this stuff really going on, you know? You know, just this week, you know, the riots in Dallas, four policemen shot, you know, ISIS, all that's happening with that. Um, only two days ago, this week, I don't know if you know or not, but um, Vladimir Putin signed a legal document uh, declaring that it is illegal now to do any kind of missionary work in all of Russia. And what qualifies for missionary work? Anyone who leads anyone else to Christ that was not a Christian before will be jailed, fined, and basically, you know, put away. They explained this like this. If you are on a train and you are sharing about Jesus Christ to another person and that person says that they want to know Jesus Christ, you'll be fined on the spot and jailed. If you're in a church, you, you're allowed to have church services. Oh, thank you, Vladimir. We're allowed to have church services in Russia. You can worship God but there will be no public appeal for anyone to become a new Christian. All the church will be shut down and persecuted and prosecuted. This is like this week. Wow. Whoa. It's pretty intense. No missionary work whatsoever. Churches may buy land if they wish, but we will no longer deem it legal to build a house of worship in Russia. Uh So, it's pretty interesting. So, we've got this safe schools thing going on. We've got this whole push going on with, you know, just accepting all kinds of things. Now it's the Christians that are being persecuted. And the reason Vladimir has done this is because he's saying he's trying to stop terrorism. So he's shutting down everything. So he doesn't want terrorists, you know, ISIS to go in and preach their thing. So basically, but he's pinpointed Christians. So we're copying the flack for what ISIS is doing or what Islam is doing. We're copying the flack for it. How do you live in a day like 
this? How, how do we, do we just like shove it under the carpet, you know, be a dysfunctional family, put a wardrobe over the hole in the wall? How, how do we do this? We do carry on with our white picket fence lives and just pretend it's not happening and just say, we, we live in the great land called Aussie and it'll never come here. Or do we prepare ourselves inwardly? Do we prepare our spirits? Do we prepare ourselves for what is imminently going to change? Our world is going to change. Whether it changes slowly, whether it changes fast, I don't know, but we need to be prepared. And it's our job as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ to make sure you are prepared. So how do we prepare for something like this? To me... For me to prepare, I need to learn from the Word of God. I need to learn the stories in the Word of God. I need to learn the characters in the Word of God and how did they deal with things similar to this in their day. Probably a great one to learn from would be Paul, who would agree with that. So Paul, he faced all these things. But let's look back at Paul. What made Paul ultimately stand for his faith, preach the gospel for 68 years after the death of Jesus Christ, ultimately become beheaded. What made him this radical, crazy Christian that would stand up against anything? When they say don't preach the gospel, he would preach it more. He was jailed, he was persecuted. I mean, he was shipwrecked, he was bitten by snakes. I mean, he goes into everything that he went through. But he lived and breathed this gospel of Jesus Christ. He was on a mission, a man with a mission. What made this man like this? We have to go back and we say, okay, who was this Paul? Well, this Paul was called Saul. And Saul was a persecutor of Christians. He was a religious zealot that was just so fanatical about the law and about religion, that he felt that it was his duty to wipe out these Christians, this, this new religion that's coming across the face of the earth. I've got to wipe it out. You know, they said that he was radical about this. They even say that he was there at the stoning of Stephen. And I wonder at the stoning of Stephen when Stephen is on his knees and he's looking up and he says, and I saw heaven open. And I saw the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Father. I saw it. And he must have been speaking these things, Stephen. And, and Saul is standing there unmoved, untouched. He's seeing someone have an experience, an encounter with heaven, and he's unmoved and untouched because he is, his heart is so hardened. What could reach a man that hard? What could make a man so radical? We know from the scriptures that he's on the road to Damascus. He's on his way to persecute the Christians. And a blinding white light stops him in his tracks and he falls to his knees blinded by light. Who is it? Who is it? Who is this? And a voice said to him, it is I, Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is I, Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And that encounter, that one day, that one encounter changed him so much that his name was changed, that he went from being a religious Pharisee, persecutor of Christians, to locking himself away and studying the scriptures. He was a learned man. He knew how to debate. He knew how to debate religious scripture. 
But now he had learnt a new way. It says, that he, it says that he actually locked himself away for 14 years and studied this Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth, this new gospel. He didn't just go, well, I've had an encounter and now I'm just going to go out and change the world. He studied it. He got, it in. He got, he got a message inside of himself. He let the message of God go deep down inside of him so when he went out, into those streets, he was completely and utterly convinced. There was a message, a revelation that he got that made him the radical man that he was. And it wasn't just, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. That was the beginning. That was his encounter. That was the beginning of, of the opening of his eyes. But there was something else that happened to him. There was a revelation that he got. There was a message that he got. Do you know that there's a message inside each one of you. There's a message. Each one of us have a message to bring to this earth, whether it's a message of love or compassion, whether it's your gift is prophetic or whether you're an apostle or whether you're an evangelist, but you have a message to bring. You know, we're just about to go into Africa um, in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that later. A couple of weeks... And we're going to be preaching in Nairobi, of course. But then they've asked us to go and do the first ever C3 conference in the Congo. And I'm with the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, what do I say to these people? I've been preaching at C3 Tagore for 20 years. What do I say to these other kind of people with other kinds of ways? I've been told, do not cross your leg because they say you're a prostitute. You have to wear you know, dresses to your ankles because you can, show, you can be topless, actually. Yeah, they do come to church topless, but if you um, show your ankles, yeah, you're a woman of the night. So, so there you go. So I can, yeah. So I'll be wearing long skirts, no makeup, no makeup. Forget Pastor Julie's red lipstick. It isn't happening in Africa. And I've been told all these things that I have to prepare. So I'm preparing myself to preach to a people group that I do not know, that I don't know much about, and I do not speak their language. They they speak French and Swahili. So I'll be speaking English with an interpreter. And obviously they're not very used to women preachers either. So that's another obstacle that I have to get over. So I'm going, God, you know, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And he says this to me, Julie, be the message that I've made you into. And I said, what is that, God? What is, what is the message that you've made me into? And he said, Julie, you are the embodiment of Isaiah 61. For the Lord has anointed you to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, set the captives free, release those from prison darkness, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor, the vengeance of our God. And it says, and you will tell them, they will rebuild the ancient ruins, though they have laid there for many generations. You are the message. You don't have to take a message, get a message. You are the message. You know, for 20 years or 32 years, however long, how have I been Christian? 35 years. Shivers. 35 years. 35 years since I saw the face of Jesus Christ like, Saul did on the road to Damascus when I had my encounter when Jesus Christ walked into my room and said, I am Jesus. 
since I had my encounter, 35 years, he's been layering in a message. And I have become the message. It is Christ within me. Amen? Christ within me. And so here's Paul. He goes 14 years. 14 years. And he's going to get the message on the inside of him. And what's his key message that he gets on the inside of him? We're going to look at that today. Amen? Because we need this stuff. We need this stuff. Don't be afraid of these days. You actually should be excited of these days. Don't get all hung up on what the enemy's doing or what, you know, all the bad things. We know. Arise, shine, Isaiah 62, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, a deep darkness over the peoples of the earth, but, 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 the Lord will rise upon you and his glory shall be seen in you. Do you think that God hasn't got a counterattack ready? Do you think he's just sitting by and going, oh, well, they're going to shut me down, you know? Do you think that he hasn't got a people like us ready? We're going out to preach the gospel. We're going out to do the fruit of everything that we've worked towards in Jesus' name. So, that's good. So, I want to go to Acts 17. We're going to look at Paul, okay? You all with me? So while Paul was waiting in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So this is Paul now. This is change, radical Paul. This is Paul that's being converted. This is Paul that's 14 years learning and getting a message from God. And he goes into this place called Athens. It's just full of idols. It's just full of other gods. It's just... It's the worst place you'd want to go and and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. But he goes there anyway. And so he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. And they said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of Aeropagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. How many places do you know like that? Then Paul stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. And I like this, this line. He says, so you are ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And this is my prayer this morning, that you and I would not be ignorant of the very thing that we worship that we would get a deep message inside of us, that we would get a a conviction inside of us that, that no matter what happens to us, no matter what we face in our lives, no matter what comes against us as a nation, as a people, as individuals, 
that we would have such a deep conviction inside of us that we would not be ignorant of the very thing that we worship. And he says, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And I'm proclaiming this to you today. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as, he, as if he is in need of anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times yeah. in history and the boundary of their lands. God did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. And this is the revelation that was the core of Paul's message. For in him we live and move and have our being. Say that with me. In him. We live and move and have our being. Say it again. In him, we live and move and have our being. Everyone say, in him. In him. In him. Not with him. Not for him. In him. There are two ways of understanding God. There is the Western way of understanding God, and there is the Eastern way of understanding God. So the Western way of understanding God looks like this, a big circle with a little dot underneath. So this is the Western way of understanding God. Here is God, and here is me. And from that viewpoint, from that standing, that's where I worship God, from there. God is separate. God is above and God is external. That's the Western way. That's our thinking. That's what we have to change, our thinking from this concept, because this isn't a right concept. God is external, God is above, and God is separate. So I'm here, I'm on earth, God is up there, and I worship God, and I try and get him to come down, and I try and be where he is, but my life just doesn't, go right all the time and I try and involve him in my life but he's so far away that's why they wrote that song God is watching us from a distance because that's western thinking that's western mentality God is distant how many of you feel like that a lot of the time how many Christians do I talk to how are you going in your Christian life right now oh God it's okay but God just feels distant or I feel like I'm far away from him. Or I feel like I can't connect with him. I feel like he's just out of reach. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm doing everything I know how to do. But I can't find him. I can't reach him. He's so far away. He's so separate. He's so distant. Now, the other way of looking at God is the Eastern way. How many people of you know? How many people? How many of you know that the Bible is Eastern in its origin? And so this is the Eastern way of looking at God. There is God there, the big circle, and the dot within is me. Where God ends and where I start is a complete mystery because I am in God. 
It is a larger reality. It is a reality that Paul found. That in him, in him, we live and move and have our being. Just leave that up there. So that means when we sing songs like, Your glory around me. Oh, to be with you. I just want to be with you. Instead of trying to get God to come down and be with me, I actually abide in the place where God, I am in God. I am in, I'm already in God. God is around me. God is, he is part of me. I am part of him. We are one. There is no separation. The minute I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, I came into the heart of God. God came into the heart of me. We became one. There is no separation whatsoever. So just come here for a minute, Candace. I'll use you as an example. See, this little baby in Candace's belly is within her. It is attached to her through an umbilical cord. The whole life source of this baby comes from Candace. It's food supply, it's oxygen supply, it's, it's, it's nutrients it needs to grow and to develop are inside of Candace. This baby is within her. And everything this child does, every, everything that if it lives, moves, and has its being, is coming from the source of Candace because it cannot live separate from her. Thank you. So we are like in the womb of God. When you become a Christian, you, get, you, 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 are, you are born again. You are placed in the very womb of God. You are attached to the umbilical cord. The inheritance of God. Your father now becomes Abraham. Your bloodline is the pure bloodline of Jesus Christ. You become royalty. Your old life is gone. You are no longer separated from God trying to get God to come to you. Because God did come to you. He came to earth in human form. He came and laid his life down so that he would be in you. He lived behind a curtain, a veil, when man fell. Man was walking with God in the garden. Man was with God in the garden. He was in him. He was in the garden, in God, in the garden, in God. God moved and breathed. Their being was in God. When they walked in the garden, everything they were was in God. They were in God's garden. They were in God. They sinned separated from God, put outside the garden. The presence of God put behind a veil. Only the priest can go in. Man separated from God. Jesus comes. Jesus gives his life. The only begotten Son of God comes for the sins of the whole world to bridge the gap between God and man to lay down his life when he said, it is finished. The curtain was rent in two and the presence of God came out to be with us, around us, in us. Amen? Yeah? Yeah? Good?
So, this is Paul's main message. If we get this revelation that we are in him, that means wherever you walk, wherever you move, God is with you. I don't have to go into my closet and oh, shunday, 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 quick, 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 quick. You know, if I can get into this space where I live and I move and I have my being in him. My whole life is in him. I don't hang him up in the cupboard and then go to work and then come on Sunday and put him back on. I live in him. I go to work in him. I raise my kids in him. Do you know how much better, husbands and wives, your lovemaking would be if you made love in him? Looking at you two. In him. Well, do we think we have to go outside the garden now? Or can we be in the garden when we're making love to our husband and our wife? In that intimacy, in him, in him, in him. Everything in him. There's nothing outside of him. There's nothing separating us from him anymore. Of course we wouldn't do sin in him because sin separates us from God again. But we live our lives in him. Amen? Are you getting it? Good. Look at Colossians and Paul wrote this. Again, Paul is reiterating his message over and over again. This revelation of in him. If you could just get this, he's saying to the, Athe- uh, the, Ath- the Athenians, if you could just get this, if you could just get this, you would know that all these gods, all these statues are useless. But this unknown God, this unknown God that you didn't even know about, that you don't know how to worship, that he will come and he will be in you and you will be in him and you will be one with him. Amen? And so he says in Colossians 1, 15 to 17. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For, everyone say, in Him. In Him. All things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Listen to me. All powers, all authorities, all thrones, all dominions, all kingdoms will bow their knee before the Lordship of Jesus Christ and we do not need to live in fear. We do not. We are the head and not the tail. We are the first and not the last. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. If you have read the end of the book, you know that we are victorious, that he is victorious, that his kingdom rules and reigns not just for this lifetime but for all eternity. And he has a master plan. He has the world in the palm of his hand. The earth is his footstool. He sits and he laughs at the plans of man. He looks down at all their rust. Mr. Putin's ideas, and he looks down and he laughs at it. Ha! Good effort. Been trying to stop the gospel for 2,000 years, and you haven't been over to yet. Because why? Because there's a people that have a revelation inside of them that is real. It's not a religion. It's not something out there, but it's in them, and they're in it, and it's real, and they're never going to give up. They will never give up. They will even preach unto death, and that's the kind of people God is looking for on the earth today. Ah. 
Um, so, let's read that again. For him, in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And look at this. And in him all things hold together. Is your life falling apart right now? Is your life, are you finding it hard to just cope with the pressure and the stress and the fast pace of this world, with the technology that's hitting you in the face, with the information that we're getting flooded with? Are you finding it hard when you read the news to wonder where we are as Christians? Are we losing? Are we losing? Are we losing? He holds everything together. Everything. He has your life in the palm of his hand. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You are his beloved. You are his child. You are his. You are in him. He is in you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us again. Because we're not separated anymore. He holds all things together. Amen? <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 6.16, again, Paul. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Listen to this. For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Listen to this, John 15, 5 to 11. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, if you remain in me, listen, the big circle, the little dot, wipe it from your mind. The big circle, the dot in the middle, get it into your mind. In Christ. If you remain in me, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Apart from me, Candace said it this morning, don't you just love his presence? What can we do outside of his presence? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Paul's saying, live, move, have your being in him. Because outside of him, you can do nothing. You can't raise your kids outside of him. You can't keep your marriage together outside of him. You can't keep your job down outside of him. You can't stop sinning outside of him. You can't do it. In him, in him. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Some branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. You know, some branches aren't going to make it through these days. Some are going to wither. Don't be the ones that wither. Don't be the ones. Don't be the virgins without the oil in your lamp waiting for Christ to return. Be prepared for it. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, um, showing yourselves to be my disciples. 
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. John 17, 23. I in them and you in me so that we may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. I in them, you in me, in him, in him, in him, in him, in him. Close your eyes right now for a minute. And just for one second, imagine God all around you. Imagine being in God like you're in a womb. Imagine the mystery of that. The mystery of there's no end where God ends and there's no beginning where you begin, that you are just one with Him. You're one. You're in the circle with God. You made it in. You accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're in Him. You're in Him. God is permeating every part of your being. Where you live, He permeates. Where you move, He permeates every part of your being. God is permeating every moment of every day, every second of every day, because you're in Him. You're not separated, you're in Him. Picture it right now. Use your God-given imagination to imagine God all around me. He's all around me. His glory is all around me. His character is all around me. It's seeping into my being. It's... His character is seeping in and changing me to be like Him. I'm being changed from glory to glory, from being surrounded, being permeated by the living God. Amen. John 17, 26 says, I have made known to them and will continue to make known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. I myself, God. 1 Corinthians 13, 12, you know, it explains this. Paul says this, you know, we're not going to get this, guys, while we're on earth. But we need to start to download this revelation that we have something to fight with. You're not going to fight with a sword of the Lord and the, the shield of faith and, you know, my God and, yeah, yeah you're just a bully. You're going to fight with the message that is deeply embedded inside you, that I am in him. He is in me and we are one. Amen? Yeah. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve in the New Living Translation, this is, now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, but then when we see him, we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Wow. In him we live and move 
and have our being. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's